When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to The Gold Derby Show on The Gold Derby Podcast Network. Welcome back to Gold Derby. I'm Christopher Rosen. I'm joined by Joyce Inc. Joyce, twice in a week, we have nominations from a group of uh, critics and journalists, I guess. Piss the season. The Critics' yeah. Choice Awards, Joyce. Yes. The film nominations are here. Yeah, TV was last week. And TV was last week. I love love when these groups that, uh, besides the Globes, that just do it all in one go, these groups that do film and TV, they have to announce it split. Because yesterday we got uh, the Spirit Awards, which now do TV, their yes. nominations. The, the Film Independent Spirit Awards, TV Awards. Yeah, and when they announced their film nominations uh, before Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we're not going to talk about the TV here. We're not going to we're not going to swirl our uh, yogurt here, our frozen no, yogurt. Can't, they can't mix. No. So we're just going to do the film. But wow, what a list of nominations, Joyce. Uh, so we're going to start here, and then later we'll talk about Avatar because I've seen it and I loved it. Which I knew you would, and I completely <laughs> called your entire reaction to it. <laughs> so, so uh, but first, the critics' choice or Joyce, uh, I. We were, I was expecting in my head a lot of, uh, a lot of nominees, you know, they have, uh, they don't have to make a lot of choices because they have six in the acting categories. Yeah. They, they like to, uh, gloat about how they're the best Oscar predictor. Um, yes. and a way to do that is to have more slots than the Oscars do. Correct. It, it, it alleviates the, the need to make a choice. So, but the critics choice awards this year, Joyce, uh, best picture lineup goes to 11 in honor of Spinal Tap. In the press release, um, they said that was due to an, a quote, exact tie, end quote. Uh, and I'll say this. I did very well in my predictions. I got 80% right. And you did better than me. And that's a large reason is because some of these categories, uh, as we'll talk about. I don't, I don't were, even know what I got. <laughs> they'll, uh, well, you were reading them off before uh, we started recording. I know you did better than me. But uh, for some of these, like a spoiler, a best director, uh, they had 10 nominees. So it's they, hard. They expanded it to 10. It's hard to to miss on the predictions when there are, when you're predicting five and they're 10. Uh, and they're well, really- Well, no, you're really, predicting six. <laughs> we're predicting six, right, sure. Uh, but for best picture, even with the 11 nominees and the exact tie, uh, I still only got nine out of 10 here in my predictions. But the nominees were, and we'll get to this later. I, I said, uh, I just did that again, Joyce. In fact, I'm going to repeat here. I'm going to rewind. The nominees are, because later, before David, uh, one of our loyal listeners, dunked on me for grammar, Joyce. I'm going to just read this email now Amazing. because we did this earlier for the Golden Globes. I was saying the nominees were because they happened in the past, but maybe not the right grammar. You're better better at this stuff than me. 
Well, I think either is fine because the na- the nominations were announced. That was my but thing. the the nominees themselves they are presently nominees. Correct. Until the ceremony when a winner is named. So at the risk of going on a tangent, I'll just read this email that David, a loyal viewer and listener, I, I love that we're completely off track already. <laughs> it's like well, because I, I just did it again like an idiot. Uh, Hey, Chris, I'm a big fan, and I really look forward to the weekly videos. Joyce is a queen, by the way. I noticed when you were reacting to that, (laughs) uh, he wrote this. I'm not making this up. I noticed when you are reacting to award nominations, you always say, and the nominees were, as opposed to, and the nominees are. I find this curious, especially when you're referring to nominees of future award ceremonies. Grammar aside, why do you say were and not are? Your videos are flawless otherwise. Explain yourself. Thanks in advance. Uh, I love that he puts the videos are flawless. Otherwise, at the end, really good. It's a really good way to be an editor. There is like put uh, donut. Just, just you, you know, you buffer your your critique in between yeah. two very big praise things. No, it's it's um, like how I always say, you know, a movie you need a great beginning and a great ending, and people forget about the middle. <laughs> yes. uh, I say the nominees were because it happened in the past, but probably you're right because they are presently nominees. I have not really put a lot of thought into it, but if you want to critique any other grammar or anything else, you could email Listen, us. Listen, I love critiquing grammar because everyone on the internet is bad at grammar. Yes. People don't know how to use apostrophes. They don't know possessives. Nothing. I am all about correcting grammar. Um, this is definitely on uh, the, the very, very bottom of the totem pole in correcting grammar for me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so. But uh, I, I, you know what? I know I say a lot of things wrong anyway, so I'll, I'll take it though. But uh, Joyce, slugfest at goldderby.com if you want to write in. And, and give us more give me more critiques obviously not not joyce is not going to get those grammar critiques oh i'm sure definitely. i've Mal, you're much better at avoiding malaprops than uh, my i am anyway uh back to the important thing the nominees are for best picture at the critics choice awards avatar the way of water babylon the banshees of Inisherin, elvis everything everywhere all at once the fablemans glass onion a knives out mystery rrr tar top gun maverick and women talking, I had to take a breath in between there because there were 11 nominees and not 10. And I got nine out of the 10 because the one I did not have, I had there was The Woman King and uh, it did not make it in. I-, I left out Babylon in my picks. I had RRR. So when I was uh, updating these yesterday morning, <laughs> um, first of all, I feel like we don't make these decisions, but I feel like for Critics' Choice in the Prediction Center, we should have unlimited slots maybe like in cases like this um for 11 slots because i was up to my number 10 and then i was torn between the woman king and rrr right so i chose the wrong one i chose woman king so so i I got nana or or 10 out of 11 right so we i kept rr we both had the woman king it seemed like a critic's choice fave because a lot of the critics did yeah it it, it was very i i feel like um, because so voting uh, closed for this on the 9th mm-hmm. and I feel then that was after RRR's uh, directing win at uh, NYFCC so I feel like a lot of recency bias too and I, I mean they also love RRR like uh, film Twitter so it's not like weird so for me but. the I mean for me Babylon making it is a surprise this is like definitely one of my favorite movies but it seemed like the response was incredibly polarized but it did very well here it got 10 nominations only behind the Fablemans, which had 11, and Everything Everywhere, which had a ridiculous 14. Um, it getting in did not surprise me. I, I I kept it in there because I felt like it's it's polarizing, but like it still has its fans. And I feel like 
because the movie is not actually out yet and reviews aren't even out yet that it's it's just like oh we're gonna like cover all the bases right basically and sure and i think that's great i love seeing it in there and i'm a big fan of the movies it's one of my favorites i was just surprised like i said because like the initial response from a lot of the critics especially in la was like very mixed but maybe the it still has fans. It's not like completely reviled like no. Bo Rap was or something. No, you know? I, and I also think the the negative noise was louder than a lot of the people who liked it. A lot of times you see that, right? Because yes. people are going to be you like, you know, not not everyone shares their opinion on the internet, right? <laughs> um, so that's a great list of nominees. I feel like there's a very good chance that ten, all ten, all, ten of these eleven could get nominated at the Oscars as well. Um, yes. I mean, the only one would be the Woman King would be uh, probably on the fringe there at the Oscars. I think I could see like the Woman King getting in at the PGA Awards and maybe be like the 10th or 11th in there for Best Picture at the Oscars. Um, it feels like, I mean, honestly, I could also see like Babylon falling out too at the Oscars. So I thought that, and then I recently put it back in I, I still have it in, but I, I had it out and then I put it back in just because I was like, wow, I really think it's crap stuff is going to be incredibly strong. And I think the actors are going to be enough actors will like enjoy it and support it. I don't think it's like hard to imagine actors being into that movie. No, I, I still have it. I'm not going to take it out yet. Um, basically, uh, I for the Oscars, I'm like do I put in Woman King or RRR? Basically, like, for this, too, um, for Critics' Choice. Um, so, and then I have, like, my Glass Onion Dilemma as well, just hanging on there at the bottom, which I could also drop. So I kept Glass Onion, too, and again, thinking the actors branch would be very enthused by, by it. But we'll see. Uh, for Best Actor, Joyce, you'll be shocked to know I got... Uh, Oh, I guess we could do well. My list has best actor, but maybe we should do best director next because it's just too much fun. Let's do best director. Here are the nominees. I'm going to take another deep breath. Uh, James Cameron, Avatar, Damien Giselle, Babylon, Todd Field, Tar, Baz Luhrmann, Elvis, The Daniels, Everything Everywhere, Martin McDonough, Banshees, Sarah Polly, Woman Talking, Gina Prince, Bythewood, The Woman King, SS Rajamuli, RRR, and Steven Spielberg, The Fablemans. This list goes to 10. You did better with this than you did reading off Best Picture. I did. I took a deeper breath. I got There was also one fewer nominee. So. I got six out of 10. Um, because... You know, no no offense to anyone who did not get six out of six, which is what you could predict. Um, but I, I don't see how you could miss anybody when it expanded to 10. Let me ask you this. So what were your six here? My six were with? Spielberg, Daniels, Sarah, Todd, Martin, and King of the World himself, James Cameron. I had the same six as well. And I'd be curious if that was the top six of the 10. It feels like probably. Probably. Maybe, uh, yeah. Sure. Spielberg, obviously, Spielberg continues to be the front runner here, looking like the Jane Campion of the year so far. Um. Yeah, but he's he's kind of... He, he hasn't won as many things that obviously is still early in the critics season. He's only won NDR, I think, right? For yes. directing. Yeah. Um, so I had, I had like a thought over the weekend. 
um, because on Sunday there was neither of us went to this, but there was another Fableman screening, and the Q and A yes. afterwards was uh, moderated by Martin Scorsese. I wanted to go so badly, but I had other priorities. I was like, as soon as I got that email, I was like, Chris is totally going to this. It was, it would have been the greatest thing I've ever seen in person. But, uh... <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, there were like go. some clips floating on Twitter. If yeah. You look it up and some uh, stories too. Oh, I saw them. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I know you did. Um, But anyway, I was, I was thinking about like how, you know, like in, in like now, like both of them, these legends in their twilight years and like Marty has been more of uh, a critical fave, like a cooler pick, like you got, you know, Irishman did well with like uh, New York critics mm-hmm. back then. Um, and it feels like he has like more of like the highbrow and middlebrow bragging, like people want to support him and back him. Whereas with Spielberg, even though everyone agrees is like, oh, like all these movies are amazing that he made in the past decade, like it, he doesn't feel like cool enough for like New York to pick him for right. best director or something, right. you know? So that was my thought. <laughs> I think that's true. And I also think that like, you know, when like, I think there's something with Mar- with Corsese where it's like, cause he won for The Departed. I feel like that was like, yeah. it kind of like alleviated a lot of like the really uh, pressing for an Oscar, right? Like, I don't think any of his movie, any of the movies that he made in that like run where he was like, clearly like let's give Marty an Oscar kind of run was were bad. Like I love gangs in New York and the aviator, but those felt like I am really trying to get an Oscar movie. Right. And then departed was just totally like F everything. And that's what he won for. I mean, we, we cover that year in Oscars right. playback. <laughs> and I feel like with Spielberg, it's similar where it's like, he hasn't won in so long. It almost feels like he is pressing a little bit too, right? Like the stuff that he's made, it could have easily been like Oscar-y, but in a different time. Like it's easy to imagine like West Side Story 20 years ago, like sweeping the Oscars and last year it did. Yeah, but I feel like they like, and maybe it's also because people want Marty to win a second one for directing. Right. Right. So it feels like they, they're more inclined to back him and support him in the lead up. Whereas right. like, I feel like even though like, you know, I, I don't know anyone who hates the Fablemans like everyone no. I know who's seen it I don't know a regular person who's seen it but everyone like in like our circle and like the industry whatever you want to call it who has seen it likes it at the very least you know yeah but I, it, he just doesn't feel like like a cool pick for right. them too so I feel like he's not gonna like do that well with like these critics groups especially like all the regionals who are definitely gonna go for like the Daniels you know right. or somebody like that um or like, you know, SSS uh, Rajamuli, like a cool pick. Whereas like, you know, what you, when you were calling him the Jane Campion of the year before, like Jane was dominating everything. Well, Jane was going to get those critics groups as well. Yeah, like that, like he's not going to get, like Spielberg is not going to get all of them like she did. But I think he'll win here. And I think he'll win like at the Globes. He could also just tie here. <laughs> he could tie here with Cameron. I was wondering, actually, after seeing Avi- A- Aviator, I was wondering if I saw Aviator uh, 20 years ago. I was wondering after I saw Avatar, if actually Cameron could win Best Director over Spielberg. I think it's not unlikely that that could happen. But I guess we'll see. I would say that I could see that happening at the Globes because they like gave it to him the first time. Right. At the Globes. I- I would say like the thing I think with Spielberg and we've seen is like, man, people like filmmakers love the movie. And I think the, that will like, even though, I mean, that obviously get, he'll get nominated, but I just, I still think he's like the front runner because I don't think like. He is. It, it, yeah. Like, 
but uh, I think I think if you're expecting him to pull off like a sweep or something and and like lead the Metacritic's like a awards table like probably not gonna happen that's fair so for best director at the Oscars I have like almost a similar list right now I have Spielberg the Daniels Todd Field Cameron and McDonough I took out Sarah Polly and I'm close to putting Giselle back in too, which would drop McDonough, but that's what I got in my head right now. Um, why do you want to put him back in? I'm just torn on. I I'm like, I feel like Babylon is, you know, like, like I said, like, I just love it. It's such a, it is like a really good movie. And like, he's so, I just don't know how the branch would react to him. I, like I said, I think it'll have like a lot of strong like tech category support. I just can't tell if like, will like that branch be like, screw this young whippersnapper or like we love, even though he won obviously, or will they be like, actually this is great and we have to put him in. I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, I mean, like I, I took him out a while ago, but I feel like, like Cameron would get in. Do you still? Have, I think Cameron will get in for sure. Do you still have Sarah in? Sarah Paul. No, I, I I dropped her the other day. Remember when we? So did. you don't have. So who are your five then? The same five. Um, Spiel, yeah, Spielberg, Daniels, Tafield, Cameron, and Martin McDonough. So I, I put in Mc... like I've always wanted to put in Martin, and I might have had in him for like twenty minutes a long time ago, <laughs> and I was just like hanging on to Sarah. Um, One of, yeah, I yeah. I mean. One of the things I was I was thinking this week about Sarah because like obviously after the Golden Globe snub, uh, people were like, "How what an outrage that she's not on the list uh, for best director." And I was thinking I was like, uh, uh, one of the probably a, a not that it matters, but a a large reason why would be after the first screenings of the movie, one of the big knocks of the movie was how it looked. And I do think that that like kind of set the tone a little bit in a negative fashion. Like that was like, even people who love the movie were like, but it looks terrible and it looks like a play. And like we said, it's not really like a play. And I don't, didn't the, the sat, desaturated photography didn't really bother me enough to think that it was going to negatively no, impact the movie. It. And right? it, it, it makes sense for the movie. Like so, you just, it's, it's kind of like, when you just walk into a dark room and your eyes have to adjust, you know? Right. And I just was like, oh, imagine if, if people would just, instead of like immediately going to that, like Pete, when, you know, the director does a lot of different things. And like we had said in this long time ago, like the performances alone should get yeah. her like consideration because I think the ensemble work is so strong in that movie that that's like a great credit to her. And like, she created a great working environment and all these incredible things that she's doing. And if visually it's not like, avatar like no kidding right like there are there are different goals for these movies but it did make me laugh that i was just like yeah great way to like not have like poison the well a little bit would have not been to be like this movie looks like junk i don't like the way it looks and then to get mad yeah about her i mean getting we, we talk about this what like three months ago now literally three months ago now but yeah uh, a lot of a lot of bad takes like yeah. I wouldn't say that's a bad take. That's just like your opinion on the movie, I guess. If you it, just were not into it, but it's just right. kind of it's. Um, I I feel like, like it it was it was like an easy lay for people. Right. But I guess I'm not mad at that people. Like you said, it's their opinion. I'm not mad that people are like I don't like this part of the movie. You could think that about the movie, but then I guess at the same time, like 
to get the same people being like outraged that she's getting snubbed. I, maybe I'm creating a straw man here, but it does feel like a little like they're like the movie was ugly and I didn't like the way it looked, but also she should get nominated. I guess you well, could- Well, I still don't think that, that that Venn diagram is, the overlap is kind of probably small between the people okay. who are criticizing okay. and the people who are mad that she's, she was snubbed by the Globes. But I mean, we, you know, we, we've talked about like how we've been worried about her before and it just feels like, you know, women talking is- like you know everything's kind of like people it's it's just kind of muted everything around it right now right like it's a it's a really good film and it has solid reviews but I feel like it's just lacking passion I think that I mean in the end that's what it is the passion right yeah there's not a lot of passion there like even if you like like Power of the Dog had so much passion out of it even like there are people who definitely hated it but there are people who like loved it and I feel like woman talking does not have that group of people who really 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 love it i think that's probably more to do with it like there's yeah, seeming like, like there's I think, like i think that you see that manifesting in you know jesse and claire missing out right um I, th- so. I think you get there's more passion for i mean not to like there's more passion certainly for like i don't even know like banshees or whatever than there is for women talking basically at this point basically yeah so i i don't know yeah but, but we'll see. I guess we'll see. They got in here one of ten. But they they got two female directors in here. Right, which is yeah, great. Gina, Gina's nominated. The film is not. Which I thought was strange because the film <laughs> is good. Could easily they could have gone to twelve from the film, Joyce. I just I don't know if you're going to go to eleven. Why not? Yeah, give us a dozen nominees, please. I guess we got to imagine it was twelve out of uh, in there if, if she got in for for director uh, mm-hmm. for actor Joyce. Let's go there. I got six out of six. I'd imagine most people did as well. Yeah, I I mean. Again, I feel like this is a hard one to get wrong. The nominees are <laughs> uh, Austin Butler for Elvis, Tom Cruise for Top Gun, Colin Farrell for Banshees, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nye for Living. Yeah, it's uh, it's the 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 locked three, and then Bill Nye, who's like pretty locked now, pretty safe. I think he's pretty locked um, too. Tom Cruise, which makes sense, and then film Twitter's favorite underdog. Paul Mescal. Right. So I actually think we'll end up with these with the five and not Paul Mescal at the Oscars. I still think Cruz will get in. Yeah, I still have that five. Um, like I don't I'm probably not gonna do anything until at least SAG nominations, and that also depends on what that lineup is. <laughs> I was thinking about Top Gun, and like I said, I'll probably eventually have a winning best picture here, Joyce, before this is out. And uh Tom Cruise getting a best actor nomination. One of the driving points of the movie, I think, is and the reason why I think actors respond to it and could respond to it in a way that they haven't in previous tech movies, right? Like you think like a Mad Max or whatever, is that the entire movie is also about the relevance of movie stars in the text, where Tom Cruise literally is told at the beginning of the movie by Ed Harris, like, you're a di- you're you're not worth it anymore. We don't believe in your kind. We want to drone everything, right? And all this different stuff. Remember when stuff. they released that clip at like Comic-Con in 2019? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. And I was thinking, about, I was like, Man, you know what this movie's about? It's about like actors having to face the fact that like they're not, they're like on the way out. Also, then, like they just, I mean, yeah, everyone loved. Did, did you watch uh, Glenn Powell's and Kate Hudson's actors on actors? I did. Everyone loves him. Everybody loves the movie. Yeah, you know, she told she she saw she talked about like how she saw in the theater it was a great experience, and then she told this whole story about how her someone had to go skydiving, mm-hmm. and she called Tom 
for tips because she was deathly afraid. And then by the end of the conversation, Tom had convinced her to go skydiving. Yeah, I, I just so. think he's getting in. I think that the, it's too strong. And I think the movie will, will do great too. So the best actor here, great. Uh, I would say uh, Colin Farrell should be the favorite to win. Uh, if well, I had we guess. talked about this. Was it Monday? Was it going to be a tie between him and Austin? So, I mean, I have Colin and Austin winning the Globes. And this, right. this ceremony is happening five days after the Globes. Right. So it'll be a tie. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we'll see. Of um, note, uh, this is Brendan Fraser. Or, or are they just going to give it to Brendan? Because well, Brendan is their fave, actually. Brendan is their fave, but it's really the whale only got his nomination. And then also uh, Sadie Sink got a young actor, actress nomination. Which, like, I don't really count. And it so. got a screenplay nomination as well. But it didn't, like, blow the doors off, I would say. No. Uh, if you're looking for the whale. Like, hair and makeup, obviously, it got in. I was, I actually at one point had it in for best picture because it just felt like they'll kind of push it through a lot of the critics seem to like the movie but that wasn't the case uh so no i think it's it's like it's it's a weaker babylon like it's polarizing just like babylon but it's a lot weaker than babylon yeah and it had less obviously less nominations than babylon for for best actress joyce the nominees again i got all of these as it turns out great when you don't really have to make a choice but the best um, actress yeah nominees. you just you know what you you just had to do here just copy the top six and the oscar odds uh michelle yo for everything everywhere kate blanchett for tar danielle deadweiler michelle williams viola davis and margot robbie uh, um i don't know i got that that's great i mean that seems like <laughs> six out of the five five out of those six we'll get into the oscars so, yeah like danielle was always getting in here um you know the, it's good to have the, her in the, here the, I the think. snub doesn't matter because you know they were always going to nominate her here um, right and yeah with the six slots like viola and margo we're gonna get in like i was never considering olivia coleman who got no. the globe nomination no. or anna de armas sorry to them i mean like this category again like we said i think there's three locks right in, in michelle kate blanchett and michelle williams michelle yo and michelle williams and kate blanchett probably Viola is a lock, maybe. So, do you think she's ahead of Danielle? I do, and I think it's Danielle versus Margot for the last spot. And I would give the edge to Margot because it's a louder movie. But so, what is your what is your Oscar lineup? It's right that now? five. It's so you drop Danielle. Yes, because okay. I don't want to drop Margot. <laughs> I mean, like the 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 an issue with Margot is that. She disappears in like the last 45 minutes really of the movie. I mean, so does Bill Nye in Living. Right. <laughs> um, but um, no, I think Margot could get in. I wouldn't be surprised if Danielle gets in. Obviously, like we said, there's a lot of support for her performance from actors. But I just wonder if enough people will prioritize the movie enough to have her number one. You know what I mean? Like, I think she needs like a lot of ones. Well, yeah. But the, the thing is like that performance is a one getter. It is like you just you just have to watch it and and then like if you if you like her performance you're probably gonna rank her high on your ballot. right and Margot is like a three four getter yeah like that's a no offense to her like that's a no. killer nomination but I mean it's enough of like a enough I think more yeah it's, it's a, I movie. mean I would say the same thing about Viola too you know I really I would say I liked Viola I definitely like Viola more than Margot's performance and I prefer her to Danielle's performance too like I thought like the the tones she was doing in those in the film was amazing like that the second pool scene with Tuso great 
is so incredible. Good. She's yeah. so good. And then obviously there's also the physical aspect, which is like cool too. But um, I, I, I don't know if she is a one, a, a one getter like Danielle's performances. I don't, I don't disagree anything you're saying. Yeah. I just think there will not be enough ones to offset the quantity of votes. Yeah, that's for the thing Margo because Woman King and Viola and Babylon will be more visible. Yes. than Till ultimately. That's that's what I'm going with. But I mean, it could be wrong. I think Danielle would be could easily get in, like we saw last year. Uh, I think Danielle is very comparable to Kristen Stewart for Spencer. So, do you think she's going to miss SAG? She very easily could. I mean, it is a very SAG friendly performance, but she could could miss it, but still got in at the Oscars because, like we said, when Kristen had enough manic support basically to get her in, right? There was like a the people who loved it loved it. Yeah, and so I think you could and see she that was, with Danielle she was too. The low nominee. Uh, right. I mean, the good thing is Till is not alienating like Spencer. No, it's a very solid watching, very solid movie like we talked about. And again, in a different time, it would have been a Best Picture nominee probably like 20 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I'd say I still have Danielle in. Um, I don't have Margo in my Oscar lineup, so Mm -hmm. I I probably won't touch it again until. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I'm not not saying like, we know that. Right. (laughs) I mean, I don't think there's like, there's no like there's nothing against these performances. I'm just saying like that's my reasoning for it. It's just like I think more people watch these movies than, than till. So I guess we'll see. Uh for the next category, Joyce, it was supporting actor. The nominees are Paul Dano for the Fablemans, Brandon Gleason for the Banshees of Inisherin, Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, Barry Keoghan for the Banshees of Inisherin, Keo Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. And Joyce, I gotta say, I did not get all these right. I got only Four out of six. I, I got, got five out of six. So let's see. I had I had Keo Kwan, Brendan Gleeson, and Barry Keoghan, and Judd Hirsch. And then I had Eddie Redmayne and Ben Wishaw instead of Brian Tyree Henry and Paul Dano. I'm curious why you put in Eddie. Because it seems like a critics-friendly performance. That's why. They didn't see... The group is, a, is not a, a snobby group, Joyce. It's not, but so I also that's why don't I put think, him in. I also don't think he was someone they were backing. Mm, I get so, the sense though, like a lot of like there is a lot of uh like basic support for him. There is, but I think <laughs> I like I, I put in I got five out of six. I, I also had Ben with Sean here, so I missed that um instead of Judd. But I put in Brian because like that is the cooler pick between it, him and yes. Eddie. A hundred percent agree. I just felt like they weren't gonna be cool like he's he's cool but he's also like there's also like passion behind him and that the the film itself is not like extremely highbrow it's like right no that's true yeah Yeah. it's a short very watchable film um we love it yeah uh big uh for the oscars choice any any moves here i got so no brad pitt i guess would be the the standout that they avoided brad pitt though i can't say i'm that surprised I never considered him here. Like, honestly, the only Babylon actor I considered here was Margot. Right. So I for the Oscars, I have, <laughs> I have uh, four of these six. I have Q Kwan, Brendan Gleeson, Judd Hirsch, and Barry Keoghan. And then I do have Brad Pitt. Um, don't have Ben Wishaw. Don't have Baldino. Don't have Brian Tyree Henry. Um, at the Oscars, I have uh, Key, Brendan, Paul, Barry. Um, I still have Ben in there. Not sure about him, but I, I don't know who to put in there because I, I can see Judd just being like a, this thing, just like sort of like Rita Moreno last year. <laughs> I think there's um, a danger that he's either Rita Moreno or also like 
Brand, uh, Bradley Cooper, like we said, because it's like a one scene movie, basically. And what? Well, and neither of them got in, so right. it's, no, I know. Yeah. Um. And but like, I don't like. I don't know if they'll just nominate Brad like the Oscars, because again, he's also. I don't see that performance getting a lot of number ones either. I kind of think it could only because it, I'm just going on like, like another performance in another movie that's commentating on being an actor and a movie star. And like, I think the stuff that he's saying in there will resonate to actors in a way that like some of these other performances might not. I mean, I think I, I do. His is, you know, Toby McGarry notwithstanding, as I've said, his is my favorite performance, right. but I just think, I don't know if any of the Babylon performances will ultimately be somebody's favorite. Right. That's fair. I mean, then do you think that like, I guess at the Oscars, what I would end then wonder from you is, is Brian, does like, is Brian Tyree Henry like getting, is going to get enough ones that he could get in for a movie that he'll be a low nominee for? I mean, I would love to see it, but I'm also wary of low nominees as we've discussed. Like that's very hard to do. So that's right. why I'm sort of just hanging on to Ben <clears throat> as well. Cause like, it's definitely going to get into adapted screenplay at least, even if it completely tanks in supporting actress. <laughs> Um, yeah and best picture probably yeah best picture um it's it's probably slid down a lot of people's top tens now in best picture um yeah so yeah i don't know i'm just like i guess the same kind of thing caveats here like judd hirsch i could actually see being a lot of number ones because it is a noisy enough performance in a big movie that everyone's gonna watch that it's like the most memorable part of the movie that i could see him just being enough number ones actually to get in compared to like a rita moreno i don't think anybody like no offense to the great Rita Moreno. Uh, I don't think anybody watched West Side Story and was like, that's the best part of the movie. No, and that was also, I think that, like, that was a symptom of kind of like, uh, like hope dicting yeah. what the Oscar nominees were because yes, as yes. we've also always discussed, West Side Story screened very late last year. And that right. was always like, people were just kind of assuming like, Ariana DeBose would get in because you know that that was already an Oscar winning role and right. so people were predicting her and then it's like oh my god Rita is in uh, a new adaptation of the film that won her Oscar exactly and they like completely read a doc for her right so maybe too so um yeah that and I guess like the comp would be then to be like licorice pizza like Bradley Cooper I think is like the best like he's in like the best scene in the movie probably but I just don't think Licorice Pizza was as widely embraced as the Fablemans was. You know what I mean? That's why I'm like, kind of like, if you put the, like, I think John Hirsch is different enough from those two last year that I think it makes sense as a nominee this year. But I guess we'll see when he gets snubbed. I'll just be like, eh, I was wrong. It's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, it's just, if because I think the, the Banshees boys are... In. I mean, like Brendan for sure, and I, I think, think they're both. Perry, so then it'll, yeah. you'll just have double double nominees, and then Keith. <laughs> well, I don't think Paul's going to get in because I think he's like uh, like what we're talking here is I don't think he's going to be a number one at all in a lot of people's. Even though I love the performance, I just don't. I think he's going to be like he, like least, I feel that same way close. about Judd. Like I feel the same way. Yeah, like, I, I guess I just think Judd. I, would I just have like I don't know why ones. you would put him in first. Like it's because, a great scene. Yeah, that's why I think. But that, like, but like, I, I, I personally would not rank him in first. Right. No, I understand that, but I'm saying I think on paper more people would rank. I'm like, that's my rationale. I think Paul would be like a, a four for most people. Behind, but I like, think like more people, like he's just in it a lot more, and as he also has the great final scene. 
too. Yeah, but his final scene is not as good as Judd's scene. I, I I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, I think I just don't agree, basically. But I don't. I, I, don't... I know you don't agree, but I also think like the way the reaction to Judd out of Tiff, like everyone was like losing their shit over it. Right. And then when I saw the movie, like I enjoyed that scene a lot, but I thought like that, you know, like festival goggles, like on the festival right. high, like no, I, like, I get overblown. It. And I was like, I mean, that was fine. And I mean, I did have like double Fablemans for a while, but right. then I just dropped him for Barry. I, I mean, Paul is like, I think in the annals of time, the his performance will be like held up more as you watch the movie more because like you said, it's like a lot deeper. There's a lot uh, more nuance to it than Judd Hirsch coming in and just being like, you know, manic uh, Uncle Boris for 10 minutes. But I guess we'll see. Um, but Brian Tyree Henry would be fun as a nominee for the Oscars as well. I hopefully, I don't know. I, and I don't know, like, I don't envy you having to figure out Ben Wishaw because I don't have him in, but I'm like, I don't know who you would put in there then when you move him out, if you move him out. Well, that's that's why I still have him in there. Right. I mean, maybe Brian, <laughs> I guess. Uh, for supporting actress, Joyce. Again, six nominees here. Uh, Angela Bassett for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Jesse Buckley for Women Talking. Carrie Condon for The Banshees of Inisherin. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere. Stephanie Sue for Everything Everywhere. And Janelle Monet for Glass Onion. I got four out of these six as well. That's a big improvement from your Globes. It is. I got lineup. I got the one. I, so I had Carrie Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie Sue, and Janelle Monet. And then my two uh, misses were Hong Chow for The Whale and Dolly DeLeon for Triangle of Sadness. So I got five out of six here. Nice. So the only miss I had was Dolly um, instead of Angela. And this was another one just like RRR and The Woman King. I was like, which film Twitter fave am I going to put in? And I, again, right. chose the wrong one. Right. So, so you had- But again, uh... in hindsight, it's not surprising because I was thinking about this yesterday too. They nominated Michael B. Jordan right. last time. So I was like- should have just done Angela. So you had Jesse in though. You you went with Jesse. Over yeah, I stuck with Jesse. I had one woman talking. So I dropped both women I talking. I slid in Stephanie Sue. Yeah. Because she is like their actual favorite. Yeah. yeah. I, I I felt the same way. I went with Hong Chow because I thought she'd get a Coattail Brandon nomination. I knew they liked the whale, and she's definitely like the most acclaimed performance in the whale. I would say other than Brendan outwardly, and then also mm -hmm. like. She has the menu and enough people probably really like her as an actress that they would put her in. And then Dolly DeLand, like you said, just felt like a film Twitter fave. But yeah, I, so I, I'm not surprised Jesse Buckley got in. I still, I actually took both women talking women out at the Oscars as well. I just was like, I'm just going away. Um, I kept, I kept just Jesse in at the Oscars. I, I could see going back to Jesse after BAFTA. If they have like, if she gets in at BAFTA like she did last year, I would just put her in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I I can just see her if if becoming the consensus. I guess if they're just gonna nominate one of them for the Oscars, I actually had the same five. So I have Carrie Condon actually now in first, uh, winning, which I think a lot of people do. She's moved way up in the odds. Yes, I feel like she's the only safe one here. <laughs> I have Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue in at the Oscars. And then I have Hong Chow and Dolly DeLeon. At the Oscars, I have Carrie, Jamie, Dolly, Janelle, and Jesse. Um, I I only feel really, really good about Carrie. Like Jamie, I can still see missing. But then I was also like, she can get in and then she could bring Stephanie as a coattail too. 
I kind of think she will. I also think that the movie is so big that they'll both have enough support. And I think they would actually both be ones and a lot of different kind of ballots. I think younger voters would definitely yeah. like, gravitate more towards Stephanie because she's definitely, to me, she's the best part of the movie, like going away. I don't think there's any question. That character is just basically <laughs> a section of the internet. And I think younger members of the Academy would really respond to it. And then Jamie Lee Curtis is such an icon that I actually think she would get in based on like having enough support in the community at large. I don't, but this is, even though like she's, she's the veteran and Angela too, this is so like, I was like, I can also see both of them missing, not because it's like, they're both veterans, but I also don't think either of them, the same thing as like number one picks. It's just kind of, or just like on the strength of their performance. It's just like, I know her. I love her. She's an icon, a legend. She should have an Oscar. Right. Or or like in Jamie's case, like an Oscar nomination. Um, Right. But then like, like for both of them, it's good that like this, category is just so chaotic that they can both get in i mean Um, i could easily i mean like we kind of i mean i definitely scoffed at it but i'm like i could i mean angela bassett really could get in like no doubt i i I still feel like the the superhero bias will hurt her in the end too um which uh jamie doesn't have like she's in a a top best picture contender it's gonna get a a bunch of other nominations and black panther is weaker this time like it's definitely not getting into best picture i would be surprised if it got into best picture it'll get like it could get like visual effects uh song it might even win song yeah so but i I agree with you i don't think it's as strong that's why i was like i mean it's a more chaotic I, i could see her being like the globe critics choice possibly sag nominee snub right yeah. I can see that too. Um, for we don't predict this, but I'll just read them off. Young actor, actress choice. Uh, those nominees were Frankie Corio for After Sun, Jalen Hall for Till, Gabriel LaBelle for Fablemans, Bella Ramsey for Catherine Calberti, Banks Repta for Armageddon Time, and Sadie Sink for The Whale. Nice. Well, I know you would be voting for Sadie. I would absolutely. Uh, she love her. Big Sadie Sink fan. Uh, for- well, they invite Jude Hill, reigning champion Jude Hill, uh, back to present us. I hope so. Uh, we great for film ensemble Joyce. These are the nominees: uh, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, Woman King, and Women Talking. And for this, I got five out of the six. I had she said in. <laughs> yeah, she said wow. <laughs> instead of I guess Glass on instead of oh instead of Banshees because I was just like it's not an ensemble movie like we talked about it's gonna miss its sack probably but. Oh no, but like the SAG miss makes more sense because I think they're a lot more basic than Critics' Choice. Right, I guess so. Um, so but I, I also got five of six because I kept Babylon um, instead of Woman King. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, Belfast won this last year. What do you think could win this year? Um, Everything Everywhere. I could also see women movie. talk. I mean, I could see women talking, women winning because I think everything everywhere will win elsewhere. And so they'll probably want to like celebrate the ensemble of women talking. I don't know. It's it's like hard to tell with them. Like maybe, but I don't know. Um, I think like they just love that movie so much. It could just um, win on passion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could also see Glass Onion just winning. It certainly could as like well. Like the funnest movie. Yeah, certainly could as well. Uh, for original screenplay, Joyce, let's see, I got, I think four out of the five. 
here. Uh, the nominees were Todd Field for Tar, the Daniels for Everything Everywhere, Mark McDonough for Banshees, Steven Spielberg and the Cush for Fablelands, and Charlotte Wells for After Sun. I had all those four, and then instead of After Sun, I had Triangle of Sadness. Oh wow, you went you went to your favorite movie, Triangle of Sadness. And I got it at the Oscars now too. I'm just giving up. I just gave up. Um, well, I got this completely right because I did not have triangle of sadness i had again film twitter's favorite underdog after sun in here because like they're just gonna go for it uh not a not a bad uh not a bad bet as it turned out uh i don't i mean i could see after sun getting in at the oscars like kind of like uh worst, worst i, I, I still world. have triangle sadness at the oscars but i still have triangle sadness now or i have triangle sadness now at the oscars uh listening listening to you um but after sun i think would be like worst person in the world if it got in just like an overwhelming amount of support for the movie that people really love. So what do you think will win here between Banshees and everything everywhere? I don't think the others are winning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think Banshees will win here. I also have, uh, or not have, but like I had Banshees in first here. I, I just think it'll win. I think because everything everywhere, I think could easily win, will win best picture. So uh like, I think you'll have everything everywhere, best picture, Spielberg, best director, Banshee's screenplay. Tie at best actor, Colin. Q Kwan for supporting actor. Uh, what, what about best actress? We didn't talk about best actress winner. Michelle Yeoh. I think Kane won best actress. I don't think. I think or a tie. No, maybe a tie. Maybe a tie there as well. <laughs> but I think Kane won best actress. I don't think Michelle Yeoh will win. Um, and then for best supporting actress, I think. I honestly think it could be Janelle Monet, but I don't know. Or Angela. Or it could just be a tie too. It could be Angela and Carrie Condon. I can see I can see Carrie winning, especially if she wins the globe. Yes. I could see Angela winning too, though. Uh for adapted screenplay, the nominees were The Whale, uh, Living. Glass Onion, She Said, and Women Talking. And here again, I got four out of the five. Let me see what I missed. I missed The Whale, and I had Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> um, I got four out of the five, but I did have The Whale. Okay. Um, and I, 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 I took out Living, and I put in Bones and all. Uh, <laughs> I would have gotten this completely right. Living, I think, is pretty set. I actually think the four here, like the top oh, four. Yeah, I have is... living. I've always had living in, or not always, but I've had it in at the Oscars for a while. This is a pretty, like we said, this is a category with four pretty much set nominees. Women Talking, She Said, Glass Onion, and Living. And then the fifth slot could be like White Noise. Though I put I... back in White Noise. You did? Yes. I actually did something that you're going to laugh in my face. What, Top Gun Maverick? Avatar? Avatar? Uh... The script is, a, we'll talk about this in a little bit. The movie is absolutely awesome. And the script is a hundred times better than the original. And it's so much better story. And it's an adapted, that's a weak category. And I think there's enough support for the movie that I actually could get in. I mean, look, I, I can't even argue with you because I don't remember the first one at all. So I have nothing oh, to say. So. <laughs> and, and this is a category where the fifth slot, I mean, like, you're not wrong. White noise certainly could get in. The whale could easily get in, right? That's just like would be like a rubber stamp through, basically. Uh, Top Gun honestly is up there, but I don't know. I think Avatar could get in. I know it's crazy, but I guess we'll see. Um, 
other critics choice nominations choice cinematography we didn't predict these but here they are uh russell carpenter for avatar roger deakins for empire of light uh florian hoffmeister for tar janice kaminsky fablins claudio miranda top gun and linus sandgren babylon again when you're picking six uh you're probably going to get five out of the six right for the oscars this feels um, like pretty yeah, set. Yeah, probably. You know, I mean, we still have guilds to come, so right. but nothing really. The top five in the Oscar odds are uh, Fableman's Top Gun, Avatar, Babylon, and for us, it's all quiet on the Western Front. It's Tar probably is... because of me, because I have that in my top. Five. Uh, and then it's then it's Empire Blade, Everything Everywhere, Banshees, and then Tar all the way down there. I have Tar in because I do think it'll get into, but. I guess we'll see. I do like the tar cinematography. I might, I might put that in. Should I, should I drop All Quiet? <laughs> I mean, I know that like the cinematography All Quiet on the Western Front is remarkable. It's very pretty. The movie is going to get like an international feature nomination too, and it's easy to imagine it getting like a couple of other like tech nominations. But I think Tar is probably getting in i don't know me who knows I, I wouldn't drop anything yet if i were you because like why would no, you No, the only thing that? i did was i put avatar in first wow interesting bumping down top gun maverick uh i still have i still have top gun in first but i mean the avatar, i think it's between those two it's beautiful cinematography the underwater stuff in avatar is so remarkable and i was just like man Compared to a lot of other movies that are very expensive and big hits, they're really underwater. This this shit looked awesome. It looks real. Like they, he sells that these Avatar things are real. I just was like, I'm buying, I'm buying this hook, line, and sinker. No, it it's true, and it's also like again, I don't remember the first one at all, but it's just like it's like you know this is fake, and like the story is fake. And you know everything about it is fake. I, I don't know. This sounds so dumb, but it's just like you're you're immediately in. It, I I feel like it requires less suspension of disbelief than you think it would. So I I rewatched the. So let's just talk. We are, we still have some nominations here to do, but why don't we just should we side sidetrack into Avatar? I mean, quickly? we can talk about it later. Like let's really. talk about it later because I have so I have thoughts on that. But I exactly what you said is exactly right, and I think I know why. Um, but for best production design at the Critics Choice Awards, it was Black Panther. Uh, Hannah Beachler Joyce, guess who interviewed her? This guy. Well, I'm sure you're already predicting it anyway. I am, obviously. Uh, the Fablemans, Avatar, Everything Everywhere, Elvis, and Babylon. Um, at the Oscars, I have a lot of those. Uh, I don't have Elvis. I have Glass Onion still at the Oscars, but I'm just like kind of hope dicting that. Uh, I have Elvis. I don't have Glass Onion. I probably should just put Elvis. Which would be a great nominee, but I don't know. It's six in the odds. Elvis is fifth. Um, for editing, nominees were Babylon, Tom Cross, Eddie Hamilton for Top Gun, the team behind Avatar Way of Water, including James Cameron, is listed as an editor, Paul Rogers, Everything Everywhere, uh, the Elvis editors, Matt Villa and Jonathan Redmond, and Monica Willey for Tar. Again, six out of five for the Oscars. So. But this one, Everything Everywhere missed, right? No, it's in. It's in? Yeah. Do you read it? Yeah, I'm looking oh, okay. right now. Oh, I'm looking in? at the wrong category. Okay, okay. that's why. Okay. There's too many nominees <laughs> here. <laughs> um, I have five of these six at the Oscars, and the only one I don't I have- I was looking is... at costume design, which okay. is the next one on the list. <laughs> I have five of these six at the Oscars. I know, it's still I... there too. I don't know what I'm looking at. The, the one I don't have is Babylon at the Oscars. I put Avatar in instead of Babylon. Um, For editing, I have Top Gun, Fableman's, Everything Everywhere, Elvis, and Avatar. 
So. So we have the same five. Yeah. Not Babylon. No fault of Babylon. The editing is amazing. But I just think that, again, Avatar coming in late, uh, really, the editing is awesome. The action scenes are outrageous. Well, they're and, both coming in late. <laughs> right. But I mean, like, I guess Avatar, Babylon, they were, they've been screening for a while, let's say. And Avatar came in like the last couple of weeks. Uh, costume design, Black Panther, uh, Glass Onion, Everything Everywhere, Elvis, The Woman King, and Babylon. That's the Critics' Choice. And I have most of those again at the <laughs> Oscars. Um, I have Black everything. I, I don't have Glass Onion, which would be a great um, nominee, but it's just, it's so hard for contemporary costumes. I have Fablemans in at the Oscars, actually. Um, I have Fablemans, too, uh, like in the fifth slot. I'm me not too. sure about that. I mean, it is period. So I thought that over everything everywhere, those are five and six in our odds. And I'm like, maybe I should actually switch to everything everywhere because it's going to be the more popular movie probably than Fablemans. As ridiculous as that might sound. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's because it's also, it's half, I mean, it is contemporary, but it, it has like flashier costumes. Yes. And the Fablemans is like a great costuming, but it's a lot of like, it's it's period which they love but it's not as flashy right. it has nice dresses but everything ever also has a nice gown <laughs> yeah everything ever is definitely the noisier uh costumes for hair and makeup at the critics choice babylon the batman black panther elvis everything everywhere and the whale sure we can't predict yet. that yet the oscars yet. the short lists are. uh love seeing the batman on here for our boy colin farrell and the penguin uh, for you know, visual... Barry and Colin, you know, great two for this year for them. A lot of good makeup for Barry too in, in Batman. <laughs> uh, for visual effects, Avatar, The Batman, Black Panther, Everything Everywhere, RRR, and Top Gun. Seems likely that a lot of these will be at the Oscars as well. We can actually predict that now, Joyce, at ours uh, in the Yeah, because the alleged um, list is out. So um, I actually have uh, Avatar, Avatar, Top Gun, Black Panther... <laughs> everything everywhere and i put nope in there even though it's a wing and a prayer probably should um i have avatar top gun everything everywhere doctor strange into multiverse of madness nice um and i put in the batman i was torn between that and nope but i put in the batman i just love nope and i don't think it'll happen but uh i put it in for now uh then they do a best comedy at the critics choice awards choice they used to have comedy acting categories and action acting categories uh, the nominees are The Banshees of Nishirin, Bros, Everything Everywhere, Glass Onion, Triangle of Sadness, and then The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Cool. Not a great year for comedies, but I'll tell you what movie I would have definitely put on here and probably number one because the funniest movie of the year is Do Revenge on Netflix. Just a winning teen did, comedy. Did they even submit that? <laughs> I hope they did because it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, definitely some of the hardest I laughed at any movies all year. Some um, of these I, would I mean, call... I already know you like that movie, but I don't think anyone is shocked by the person who loves Gossip Girl and the bold type. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> some of these I just would not call comedies. I understand they're designated comedies, but sure. I don't know. Uh, I for... think that they're, it's most of the Globe nominations. Yeah. So. For animated feature stories, we can predict this. We did. And I got all five. Uh, the nominees are Pinocchio, Marcel the Shell, Puss in Boots, Turning Red, and Wendell and Wilde. Yes. I got I, this. 
all right too. I get the sense like at least four of these will probably get at the Oscars, and then the last spot could be any number of different animated movies. I still don't have Marcel getting at the Oscars. I kind of think so, it will. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure it's about pretty, when I think wild. I think it's pretty open after Pinocchio turning red and uh, Puss in Boots. Those seem like the three locked. Uh, and then they have a foreign language film, Joyce, not an international film. Uh, but the nominees there are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina, 1985, Bardo, Close, Decision to Leave, and RRR. Is this like Bardo's biggest nomination so far? I believe so. And this is why I'm like, you know who did not seem to like Bardo? A lot of critics. But it still got in on international feature for them or foreign language film. Um, we know a lot of filmmakers like it. Filmmakers love it. Yes. Chloe Zhao. Yeah. yeah, they are huge stands of this movie. And I think, again, another movie that like beyond the loud noise of award season will have a however anything can have a staying power especially when it's on netflix no offense to netflix just stuff just disappears um i think this is a movie that people will go back to and look at and like study as like a filmmaking exercise not necessarily it's not made for like it, it's gonna be something i mean he also did a complete re-edit of it after the initial review yes. so but it's gonna be something that will be relitigated in like 10 years and everyone will be like why were we so harsh on this <laughs> absolutely and you know, I think like we, I, I always feel like award season does disservice to the movies because you're more, it, most people are like looking at it from like what can win and what can, and you don't really pay attention to the movie itself. We yeah, do, you should like too. actually hand out awards like like five years later right. when you have more distance from yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I do this too. It's, it's a, I try not to do it, but it's like, it's hard. That's how everybody talks about it. So I think Bardo will have a long life. But anyway, I was surprised that it made it in here because I don't get the sense that a lot of critics enjoyed it, but there you go. Um, I think RR is winning. <laughs> <laughs> oh definitely yeah so yeah <laughs> uh if uh, if only a great reason to think about it winning is because rajamuli got in for best director so it's like a, the only movie here to get a significant nomination elsewhere um, um yeah and it's it's also just the most populist oh yeah too, so uh best song joyce a lot of globes faves here at the critics choice awards carolina from where the crawdads sing taylor swift Chow Papa from Pinocchio, Top Gun Hold My Hand, Lift Me Up Black Panther, Natu Natu RRR, and New Body Rumba at White is White Noise. Uh, Your favorite. CD Sound System song. Great song. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love to get in at the Oscars. I'm not predicting that. Um, so now Taylor like, Swift has shown up that. here for a movie that a lot of people don't seem to like that's on Netflix and remains popular. Was it like a sleeper hit for Sony? A song that's not like one of her most recognizable. She got nominated here. She got nominated at the Golden Globes. She's obviously a filmmaker now. Could get obviously in for all. Too, could get in for all too well short film. Does this song Carolina get into the Oscars? I just I, I feel like they don't like. I would not be shocked if it didn't even make the short list. Like how beautiful Ghost. <laughs> also, the uh, other one that she had missed the short list from her doc, which I love. That song was great. Yeah, um, Americana movie. They're just they're not Swifties. No. So. And. But. Yeah. The rest of the internet and the film critics are. Uh, not to, not to, I think, could win here also. <laughs> yes. So. um, Because I don't, I mean, I personally find all the other nominees, like, just completely 
serviceable um and also like they're used in the movie as well so i would just give the edge to not to not to because right. of its use in the movie even though like i do like new body rumba a lot but i don't expect that to win no um and then for best score this is the last one that the critics uh choice awards they give out uh there are six nominees here one of which is disqualified from the oscars seemingly but uh so only five of these will get in at the oscars but the nominees are alexander Desplat for pinocchio Michael Giacchino for The Batman, Hilda Gutendotter for Tar, Hilda Gutendotter for Women Talking, Justin Hurwitz for Babylon, and John Williams for The Fablemans, and Hilda Gutendotter for Tar is seemingly disqualified at the Oscars. Yeah, not enough um, original. So I have four of these five, I think, at the Oscars. I do too. My other one... um... Oh, wait, which one did I... Mention? I have Banshees. I put Pinocchio in. And I have Banshees instead of the Batman. Um, I have... I have I have Banshees and Empire of Light. Instead so. of which two? Babylon and what else? Well, oh, um, they have six, so... Right. Um, instead of Babylon. So I have Babylon in... I have Babylon pretty high, but I talked to Justin Hurwitz, which was a, a great dream of mine because I love his music so much. And uh, he rules and that score rules. Um, there are a lot of good scores this year. This so I, mean, I also want to put in Terrence Blanchard for Women Talking, which is another great score. And Woman like, King. Really, like in the club now. Woman um, King. Yeah, mean. Woman King. Too yeah, many yeah. women. Um, love his score. Yeah. I love the Avatar score also. Um. Yeah, that's a good one. There's there's a really good piece during a uh, chase scene. So, do you think I still have John Williams just winning here, basically, on like the John Williams like lifetime achievement award? Do you think he'll win though? Um, I don't know. Like, I have him mostly at first because I'm like he'll get in for sure, but I don't know if he's a lock to win. I was thinking it again. I don't know how this works and how much people think about this again and probably overthinking it Joyce but the most memorable music moment in the movie is a Bach song it's from it, Michelle Williams <laughs> it's Michelle Williams playing Bach and uh I, I think also it, yeah I also feel like because the score is very piano based because Mitzi is a pianist right so I, I feel like some people might also conflate them like or they can't tell well the box song literally sounds like a john williams track yeah, and i'm like, sure he was you like can't tell which is which <laughs> so i'm like if you're not super familiar with classical music which a lot of people aren't i'm not either like the first time i saw it i was like wow what song was that and then i was like looking at the credits i was like oh okay that must have been that because i was like this is a beautiful song that she's playing and there's no it's weird it would be weird that she was playing a john williams original in the movie right like when she's sitting well, like no piano. that wouldn't happen What's up? Like she wouldn't be playing a John Williams score in the movie. Exactly. So I was like, obviously this isn't part of his score, but it's a beautiful song. And it's the most, I think it's the highlight of the movie to me. It's because it's over the scene where Sammy is cutting together and realizing that his mother is in love with somebody else. Um, I guess that's a spoiler, but I- It's I, not a spoiler because it's, it's real life. And he's really? talked about this for decades. <laughs> the movie's been out for a month and it's available now on it's VOD. On, uh, yeah, VOD now, so. Um. So yeah, I think that I I want I think I think he could win an Oscar literally for that one scene. He did a rearrangement of it, I believe, and it's on the soundtrack. And it's like him and a, a, I forget who the pianist is who worked on the Fablemans with him. Um, let me see. I want to get that woman's name right. 
but like I yeah I I don't know if like he'll just win because like he's retiring right <laughs> right I don't know uh Joanne Pierce Martin I believe is the the pianist who plays on these tracks um yeah I don't know it, it, like like I'm saying like I don't know if he'll win because of that but then I don't know who would win I mean Babylon has like the most score because it's the most movie and it's an amazing score and obviously Justin Hurwitz won already for La La Land I think Hilder's women talking score remains awesome. I could see. Yeah, that's a great score. Um, this plot winning for Pinocchio, frankly. I mean. It's a good score that there too. It's a good score um, and it's going to win animated features. So like it easily could get another Oscar here. Um, I don't think like the fifth, like I have, I have a Carter Burwell for Banshees in the fifth slot. I don't think that would win. I would love to. No, I don't even know if that would get in. I, I don't even think he'll get in either. And I mean, I would love the Giacchino score from the Batman is amazing. I wish I had the Batman in more places because it's a really great movie, but it just feels like when Batman came out in March, it was like, this is a great movie with a lot of really good, like high tech craft stuff in line with like Dune. Cause it has like great Frazier cinematography and all this cool stuff. And then like Top Gun and like every one of these massive movies has come out since. And is like kind of pushed Batman back in the consciousness. It's, in a lot of like six to ten range slots right. for these categories yeah. so yeah uh should we talk about avatar now joyce that's it that's critics choice awards we spend almost an hour over an hour doing this basically uh, so um so avatar you were when i told you uh my thoughts about it last week yes you were kind of concerned and you thought you wouldn't like it. And I was like, oh no, you'll like it. And you'll probably cry. So uh, after we spoke, I was like- I was right. You were absolutely (laughs) right. Uh, After we spoke, I rewatched the original Avatar. It's on Disney Plus. I have not seen Avatar since I saw it in the theaters in 2009. And I did not enjoy the experience uh, rewatching it, to put it bluntly. Uh, It did not play well at home. I had a tough time- getting into the movie because in the beginning of the movie you have all these uh human characters who are very stock and not really fleshed out and i then i had a tough time when it went into the av- the navi part of the movie like disconnecting from seeing people to then just seeing aliens and it just looked like kind of a cartoon on my tv which is a very nice tv and i was just like man this is not gonna be good and then i saw it and i was like this is the greatest movie i've ever seen <laughs> Avatar Way of Water is it, so good. I was crying at the end of the movie, Joyce, more than I've cried at any movie this year. Remember we were talking about this the other day? We were talking about this last week. And I think I, I said that, that you'll probably cry at this because, well, also when that scene happened, we haven't even talked about the specific scene at all. Online, no, we don't need to. But I, I know water. what it is because yeah. when it happened, I was like, Chris is going to cry at this. Like, here's the thing uh the the discourse around avatar it's been for a long time there's no cultural relevance to it right because nobody knows everybody knows han solo and indiana jones and iron man but nobody knows jake sully and except in the context of like making fun of avatar and you can't name another character really and i've seen avatar way of water and i have not really an idea of who any of the people are named none of the children no i don't think I know any of their names. I and call them yet, by their actor names. <laughs> and yet, I was like, the movie ended and I was like, I would die for these characters. I can't wait to see the third movie. Uh, bring it on. I don't even need to know their names. It's so good. <laughs> I know. And so I've so also insane. seen like some um, 
like critiques about like oh you they're so blue and like you can't tell them apart like the kids i'm like oh i easily told them apart you can i just easily, don't know their names <laughs> you can easily tell them apart visually um you know what it is i need i need um captions like i need to see how the names are spelled that was a tough thing too like a lot of them are like uh like the the names of the not just the characters but like what are the the whales are called like telecon i think telecon yeah so um like i know like i read the wiki page before i went to see it so i did see the names but i'm like i still like i want to like see their face and then also <laughs> watch them of close captioning <laughs> um but i felt so like yeah i just thought the movie like i i honestly think it's like the biggest improvement between first and second movie i've ever seen i can't even like i mean james cameron is like obviously known for elevating sequels like terminator 2 people i mean it's like an incredible sequel terminator was a lot better than the original avatar though but terminator 2 is great and aliens obviously is a much bigger and louder movie than alien and obviously he didn't direct the original alien uh but i don't know i was just blown away by this movie i thought it was so good it's so it looks so good like you were saying and i think the difference is the reason you just totally buy it and it's hard to explain and if somebody's like actually still watching this and it's like these this kid is an idiot uh is like because there's not a lot of human characters in the beginning, you just immediately are like kind of like focused in on the the Navi, and it just this your your mind just kind of like understands it. I found it a lot easier to like get into it. I don't even know because I know you like the first hour more than I did. I just found that to be just kind of repetitive and just kind of like treading water until the second hour when they meet Kate Winslet. So and then I'm like, now we're finally into it. Uh, and uh, like the last two hours I was like completely into especially the last hour which I think everyone is into but I don't even know it was like the first hour but I, I was just like by the by the time I was over and as you know I am completely impartial to this movie I was like that was great like it's, it was it's, too long yeah. for me still but so, it was a great movie <laughs> I was talking to my friends who's like gonna go try to see it in the real theater and we've been like just like again not the biggest Avatar fans the original Avatar and he was just like and we had talked about it like like last week and he was like Ugh, no way and I was like I don't know and then he was like Avatar and I was like it was amazing and he was like I cannot believe you're saying this I was like I know and I was like I kind of like said it like like the first hour to me felt like a great tv pilot because it is like a lot of catching up like or like world building and setup and it ends almost on a cliffhanger because they uh the the jake sully family is forced to leave their they're, they're home forced to go find kate winslet to go find so. kate winslet and the water-based navi and so like it ends almost on a cliffhanger where like we're gonna go and they're like flying off into the sunset on their winged creatures which i'm sure have a name in the navi or pandora world and then the second hour is a lot of like here's how things work here is how yeah, you Yeah, they have to learn how to breathe underwater. Right. Um, a great chase sequence. And like and a lot of a lot of, you know, a teenage angst. A lot of teenage angst and a lot of just unbelievable water photography. And again, like not to denigrate any movies that are based in water, uh, but you could tell that they spent 15 years making this and were submerging their actors underwater for the entire shoot and like it's just is I've never seen anything like it. It was unbelievable. No, it was great and yeah, again it's like it's believable 
because I think even if you don't know that like Kate Winslet held, is able to hold her breath for seven minutes underwater, you watch it and you're just like, wow, that looks incredible. It looks actually real. And then you, after you leave the theater, you're like, let me Google that. And it's like, oh shit. Like they actually learned how to hold their breath. It is real. And, and then uh, the last hour, like you said, is just an unbelievable battle scene. I think I texted you after it. I was like, obviously just on cloud nine. And I was like, this movie ruled. It's so much. And then I you're like, I it. cried. And I was like, yes. And I was like, I definitely cried. And I was like, it's James Cameron's Fableman's because again yeah there's a, a lot of throwbacks to his previous films <laughs> so much and the last hour is like you said titanic, titanic. <laughs> it's terminator 2 it's the abyss it's like true lies uh it's terminator it's just every movie like kind of thrown into a blender and it just is amazing and that's again why i was like for a long movie the last hour is the best and like if it's going to get in for best editing i think the editing in that sequence at the end is just remarkable it's so like, good and again we talked about this last week and how he just knows how to deliver on um, blockbuster action set pieces and you know where everything is where everybody is you know where the whale is <laughs> did your theater so my theater clapped when the whale did something during the battle sequence did yours so uh it was not a not a crowded screening but I'll tell you who clapped. This guy. I was going nuts. I was like, yes! <laughs> yeah, the thing I love about it is like, it's also incredibly, like, it's so earnest. It's sometimes really silly. Like, I was laughing at like yeah, some yeah. of the stuff in it. The reason I have it in for adapted screenplay, which again is like a joke, because everybody is like, these moves, like, that was like the knock on Titanic, that the script was bad. And then like- And it wasn't nominated. And it wasn't nominated. Avatar, the script is worse and it wasn't nominated. And then why would Avatar ever even be considered here? Again, the reason I think is it this movie is so good is because the storytelling, the story, there's an actual story. Like you understand the stakes. And I think the characters, even though I literally cannot tell you most of their names, Kiri is the Sigourney Weaver teen character, I believe. Yes. And She's then, like and the then only Took one. is the, the little girl, Took. Took and Kiri and then- uh, Jake Sully, obviously, and Natiri and, mm -hmm. and Quaritch, who were left over from the original. So I know like five characters, obviously, but there's a lot of other characters. Like I could not, if you gave me a thousand chances, I wouldn't be able to tell you the name of the oldest son or Kate Winslet in the movie. Uh, Kate which... Winslet is Ronald, which I knew going in, but I don't even know if they said her name in the film, the day. They I'm had sure. to have when they met, right? But I don't remember anyway. I. Yeah. I think so. I have no idea. But all I'm saying is like the reason I think the script is, works is because like you care about the characters so much and that's like in the writing. You know, and that's when again, I knew. I was like Chris is gonna cry. You, I'm <laughs> like was so stay. invested. <laughs> I was so invested in the characters and even to be frank like like we said it's not a spoiler because in the movie like Quaritch was the original villain which mostly like a human performance in the original played by Stephen and Lang. And Stephen Lang has said he's gonna be in all the sequels. <laughs> And Stephen Lang is back in this one as an as a Navi, and you'll see like in the, they very quickly dispatch of like how that happens. But I was like in the original, like that character was such a hacky character, very stock, like kind of like Arlie Ermy in, in Full Metal Jacket, like clearly like just nothing to it. And here he's gotten so much more like depth and shading, and it's like really interesting. And I was just like, I don't know, I think this script does a really good job of like creating dramatic moments, especially because a lot of times, at least for me. I'll get a lot of a character because of the actor's performance as well. It's not just in the writing, it's in the performance. And here, again, they're motion capture performances, but you're looking at a blue cartoon the whole time. <laughs> it just totally works. I'm totally in. I don't get it. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. It's just And the awesome. whales too. Like I, I care about the whales. The whales talk. And like you said, when you were saying that, I was just like, 
Selena Meyer, what the F? And Sub- it, subtitle whale. It kills. It's so good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I have it in. I, I put it immediately. Obviously, I had it in for best picture, best director. And I'm just like, screenplay, I, I think it'll do really well. I think, like you said, I think it could split with Top Gun and a lot of these craft I had it, like I said last week, because when I was like updating last week after I saw it, I, I looked at the 82nd Oscars. And I was like, so I won those three categories. I was like, it could easily win those again. So I have it winning those same three categories again. I mean, I don't think that's necessarily wrong. I mean, it's just like, it's like a real thing. It's really good. Uh, Avatar. I don't know if yeah. people know um, about this little this movie. Week, yeah. Um, yeah. The I think the reviews, the embargo lifted on Monday, right? Or yesterday. I don't remember. Was it yesterday? It's it was yesterday, week. Tuesday. It was yesterday. Wednesday. Yeah, um, I think they were they were mostly positive, which we were expecting anyway, because most of the reaction was positive. Um, yeah, they were they were. Um, I think it's like eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe last time I checked. So, I mean, most it doesn't people... matter. It's like no Oscar voter is like patrolling Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and be like, oh, I can't vote for Avatar now because it has a seventy-two percent. Right, but I actually think like I I think that it's better than the first one, and that like most critics have seemingly the the critics who gave it positive reviews of all like kind of said that it's better than the first one leads me to believe that it will do incredibly well here at the end of the year. Do you think like I've seen chatter or just thoughts about what if Cameron misses like Denis Villeneuve last year? Cause this is like the big tech thing and it's going to do well at the box office. Um, but they just snub him because that if in director because that branch is snobbier and they'll prioritize other people i mean i could see that certainly i could easily just to see as easily see him winning i'm not even kidding it could he could easily miss or he could get in i don't know what the vibe it's because it's the director's branch i'm just like i don't know what is the vibe you think around cameron in that branch i don't but he's also like he's also gonna have the i save cinemas narrative too just like top gun maverick right and i mean i think it i actually think he could be the number one on a lot of people's list because the spectacle is unbelievable yeah and the, like, the spectacle is incredible and it's just like he just he doesn't miss and he doesn't miss and it's like a huge it's like not only does he not miss like i said it's like most people have been like this movie's not gonna work right like a right, lot like of we I mean, waited like, 13 years for this like it was just a joke every time the release dates kept getting delayed and now it's like, it not only works, it's it's really good. I don't know. I, I could see him missing, certainly. But I would, I don't know. Like, again, like, I think he's actually in now. So I don't, I don't know how that shakes up the whole category. But like, I mean, I haven't, I moved him up to second behind Spielberg. I'm like, not that it matters. But then I have Daniels, Todd Field, and uh, who Martin. else? Martin. Yeah. Um out Sarah. I know, so sad. Um, I mean, I can yeah, see. Like, I, I can see. I can see like Sarah getting in over him. I can see Sarah getting in too, especially because I mean, you know it's it's sort of like the Peter Jackson thing. Like he missed for two towers because because like everyone knew there's one more, right? And then they just swept for. Return I can see that, game. but I'm also like, I don't know. I just think he could get in. It, this is such a. It it honestly feels like because there's been such a large time between sequels, and also because like the movie doesn't. It's a sequel to the original, but it's like, it definitely is setting up its own thing. You know what I mean? Like you're not really, con- the se- this original Avatar isn't even at this point, 
based on where the story is going to go is more like just like complete setup for what the next three movies would be i feel like well yeah like the ending of this like no spoilers but it's just like oh we have to go to the next chapter now or the next book right and like yeah. so like i kind of feel like it's almost not a reboot but it is such a different movie that i could see that not being a, a demerit i mean i still could see like I'm not convinced Martin gets, I feel like the top four for me are pretty set. Like Spielberg, Cameron, the Daniels and Todd Field. We're going to have be... Martin McDonough getting snubbed for the second time. I could see McDonough. <laughs> I mean, I could see McDonough getting snubbed for like Sarah Polly. I could. I don't know. I, Cause I think again, it's much, I think the movie, the problem with McDonough and Sarah Polly is I think both of them have movies that are thought of more as a writing achievement than a directing achievement. Yes. And so they could both miss and then Chazelle gets in for like the directing movie, right? Because he's not going to get in for writing. Like you could have a scenario where Chazelle, where Martin McDonough and Sarah Polly both win Oscars this year. I mean, I would, I would do like S.S. Roger Mooley before Chazelle. I mean, I could see that too, but I'm like, you could have Todd, like McDonough and Sarah Polly could win their screenplay Oscars and not get nominated for director. Yes. And then, um, but I feel like it's more. I I feel like Banshees is more of like a Manchester by the Sea. I know we talked about this last week. Yeah, and it's Martin visually because like people were also worried that Kenneth Onergan would get snubbed in director right. too, but he got in and obviously won for screenplay because no one was really looking at Manchester as a directing thing. But it was a top three movie at the end of the day, right. and he got in. And you could have like or like Gina Prince Bythewood could get in here for the fifth spot. Instead so, of like for DJA, I think Cameron's getting in. That, that's going to be a very populist lineup. Like DJ is just bros and commercial directors. Spielberg, Cameron, the Daniels, Todd Field, and Giselle or something. I mean, I could see like Joseph Kaczynski getting in a DGA. Like, and that's, I, you know, I'd be down for that. Hell yeah. Um, but crazy. Yeah. So Great that was Avatar. Avatar. And Joyce, we're going to wrap up here because we've been going on for so long. But I do have one last email. And you can email us at slugfests at goldderby.com. And we're going to do a mailbag episode between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, put that one in the bank and then uh, see what we could get. So if you really get those get those questions in, get those grammar corrections in. Uh, yes, please correct our grammar. But make uh, sure you don't have any grammar mistakes in your emails because then I'll call you out for that. Right. Uh, this one is from Ron who writes about Banshees of Inisherin. I'm not- Now on uh, HBO Max. They have not removed it from HBO Max. What's that? They have not removed it from HBO Max. They have not. Um, and here's what Ron writes. I'm not sure if Joyce has revealed her laugh line from Banshees of Inisherin, but I'm betting it's, obviously I don't know what ensconced is. Ron, gold star for you. <laughs> Nailed it. You know me so well. I rewatched it a couple weeks ago. I rewatched uh, it last night. <laughs> Obviously. Absolutely hilarious line. He's so good in the movie. And that's like the best line reading of the year, probably. It's so good. I actually like I had a screener for it like a couple weeks ago. And I didn't watch the whole movie because I was like, I'll just wait to watch the whole thing again on HBO Max. But I just fast forwarded to that part just to rewatch it. <laughs> so good. It's so well, funny. Uh when I rewatched it, the two things I realized I thought were he's amazingly funny. Barry's the my favorite part of the movie, and I think Carrie Connage will probably win at, an Oscar for it. She's got just so many great scenes and so many like Oscar clips. I felt like watching it. There's at least two that I could think she could have as an Oscar clip. It's also basically sort of like the supporting wife trope, but she's a sister. Yes, 
yeah. it just is like a great performance and in a wide open category in a movie that's beloved i feel like it is beloved like it does feel like a pretty set safe best picture nominee safe to get like nine or ten nominations frankly it could easily get like nine right it could get four acting nominations i mean it would ha- really have to explode below the line like score production design costumes it would get picture it could get director screenplay i mean that's like and then the it'll, four it'll act- could get four acting so if you get seven at the very least and mm-hmm. then like scores maybe eight and maybe costumes is nine if it got in um yeah like when i was rewatching it last night i was like this is just also a great sibling relationship between the two of them colin mm-hmm. and carrie um and i feel like you don't really see that a lot no media, especially like a brother sister one and the other thing i just like about the movie is i think it could be like there's a version of that movie and i think like i think when i saw it i was like oh man it's great that um mar mcdonough is still making like coen brothers movies because the coen brothers don't make movies together anymore and i think mar mcdonough's vibe feels very coen's to me sometimes but i was like the difference here i think is that like i love the coen brothers they're definitely like they've definitely made like some of my literally like favorite movies of all time but sometimes they're a little mean-spirited and this movie is very not mean-spirited, even though it's about like a guy who's just like, I don't like you anymore. And the premise- Even though seemingly, he is being very mean to Colin and his puppy dog eyes. <laughs> it's like not mean-spirited. And I find that with the relationship of the two of them, especially the brother and sister, like you're saying, it felt like very, it's like she could bust his chops and like call him an idiot, but she does truly love him. And like, he loves her. And it's like, that's not in question at all. And it's just very sweet. I think their relationship is so nice. Yeah, it's very and, sweet. Even when like, she's kicking poor Jenny out of their house. Love Jenny. Loved her performance even more the second time. Jenny the donkey. Nominate her for supporting actress. Please. I mean, a great, great donkey. Yeah, great. A lot of donkeys this year, also in EO. But um, I have to say I prefer Jenny. So uh, what is the, there's um, another great line that she he says, I'm not putting the donkey outside when I'm sad. Yes. <laughs> uh, just a hilarious line. <laughs> So I know, and I love Colin's performance even more. Just there's like that's why I like rewatching movies I love because you just like get to focus on specific things. Um, and that's also why I don't mind spoilers. Like, you, like if you told me the entire plot of Banshees before I saw it, like I wouldn't care. You could spoil anything for me, I don't care because then I'll go in and I can focus less on the plot and I can focus on other things going on. In I I don't disagree with that. I think there's not to, to, to continue this and derail it, but spoilers for me, it's like, if the movie is like building to like a, if the twist is a shocking reveal that kind of diminishes the experience of seeing it the first time. Like if that is part of like the experience of the movie, but if it's like basic plot stuff, it doesn't really like, diminish. like if it's like, a, like for Glass Onion, I would have been disappointed to know the actual ending because I think part yeah, of the like, I, I understand. Like, and the thing is, is like, I would never spoil something right. for people who don't want to be spoiled. Right. But you but can like, a movie like spoil Banshees, it for me. Right. Yeah. A movie like um, Banshees, I'm like, it's not like, there's nothing really to spoil. Like, it's not like, it's no, not like hinging on a, like a mystery. Friends breaking up. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. But even, even with like mysteries, like in that case, like with Glass Onion, I wouldn't care if you told me like who the killer was or the twist, because like what I used to do when I was a kid, I would read the clue books. Mm-hmm. and you know at the end of the chapter you have to turn it upside down and you see the winner yeah. or not the winner the the killer yeah, yeah. um so i would do that first i would like go to the end of the chapter turn my book upside down 
read the killer and then I would read the chapter because I want to be looking for like all the clues and see how they wrote it and everything. Funny. Yeah. So I don't do that I, with horror movies. I was just thinking this because I'll probably do it with the new Scream. I'm a big Scream fan, Joyce, but I'm also a scaredy yeah. cat. And uh, I don't like so you, violence. You, you need to know spoilers for Scream. <laughs> well, with like the original, like with the Scream, the last one that came out this year, which I loved, like truly loved. And I've seen it twice. Like I remember, like literally before I went to see it, I was like, I need to know exactly like when these death scenes are and how violent they are, because I just don't want to have to like hide my eyes the whole time. And I don't need to see somebody get like stabbed in the throat. So I'd like to cover my eyes at that. Or if I could see it first in some capacity, like, did somebody put up a crappy rip on YouTube of like a death scene in Scream? Let me just watch that quickly with the sound off. So I'm not going to get scared and not going to like have to hide my eyes. And then I'll at least expect it. And then when I'm watching the movie, I can be a little more chill. Oh my God. So I, that's see, I, I don't get deal. squeamish. I don't get scared. I'm, I'm not a big like slasher horror person in general. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't seen a Scream movie since Scream 3. Um, You're missing out. So. Like I said, Scream, you know what would be on my top 10 of the year? The Scream uh, 2022. Great movie sure Oscars uh, for scream but but yeah like you, you could spoil scream for me i i don't care it's fine i'm not, I'm not gonna yeah. spoil and i'll never get mad at you for spoiling you know like a, a 10 year old movie <laughs> uh, all right it's not like i at you for spoiling uncut gems oh yeah that was that was true yeah somebody did yeah. three-year-old movie yeah uh, all right well that's it Joyce. so you could go predict the winners for uh critics choice awards uh, also, I want to just tell Joyce, uh, I got here breaking news. You were the top expert at 84.85%. Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations to me. Yeah. Way I just go. I just uh, basically copied the top six in most of these categories. Incredible and job. Then, and then put in like a film Twitter fave. Incredible job. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> right, How did you, you could have done that worse. Uh, let's see. I look like I was. Uh... I feel like most people did well here. <laughs> Yeah, most a lot of people were tied for second with 83, and then I guess I was tied in third with 80. So you had, what did I say, 89? No, it wasn't that 85, high. 85. Great yeah. job. A, a B is good. B, yeah. not bad. Not bad. Yeah. All right. We're usually C here. We're usually average, or maybe even D. So with the with the other last week's, what was it? The uh, Golden Globes, I did not do great. But uh, anyway, that's it, Joyce. We'll talk later. All right, bye. <laughs> For all things Hollywood competition and award season, head to goldderby.com and follow us on social media at Gold Derby. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.